0: Hello and welcome to the MMMUSD Education Podcast, where we explore, share, challenge, and search out innovations in education, starting right here in our own backyard of Vermont. Welcome to the MMMUSD Education Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you sign up for updates on our blog or follow us on Twitter, Google+, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. If you have a show idea or would like to produce a segment, let us know. In today's episode, we explore personalized learning plans, or PLPs as they are often called. Schools across Vermont are working to implement PLPs as part of requirements within Act 77. Our first stop takes us to the Vermont Agency of Education.
1: Um, I'm Tom Alderman, I'm the Director of the Secondary and Adult Division at the Agency of Education.
2: And I'm Kendra Rickerby, I'm a School Effectiveness Coordinator, I'm also the State Representative to the League of Innovative Schools.
0: Great, thank you very much for meeting with me. Um, If I were to ask you what PLPs were in a nutshell, what would you say?
1: It stands for Personalized Learning Plan, and I would say in a nutshell, It is um, the document that is intended to capture a student's unique, flexible pathway to graduation. But that document is not the most important thing about PLPs. The important thing is the process, the planning process that students and parents and educators engage in uh, to define a student's interests and needs and the pathway that will get them to graduation and beyond. It's not a plan that's intended to end at graduation. It's a transition to
0: graduation
1: and whatever comes next.
0: So what does that, that process look like in your mind when schools sit down and, and start to develop this with students?
1: Well, I think that depends on the age of the student mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, it's important to recognize that the legislature, even though they limited the requirement for PLPs to 7th through 12th grade, they also very explicitly said personalization is something that's also going on Mm -hmm. K-6. So at those lower grade levels and student ages um, I'm sure the planning process the personalization will be more teacher-directed and and as students get older and progress through the grades more and more student-directed so that eventually what I hope is the outcome, is that students are placed at the center of the construction of their own learning experience. And they're accessing all kinds of opportunities, not just those courses that are available at their school, but learning opportunities that make sense for them, that address their interests and needs, and can be accessed in any number of ways. Mm
0: We know that there's a lot for schools and students to be excited about with PLPs, but I asked Tom to describe what parents should be excited about with the PLP process.
1: Um, I if Well, I'm a grandparent. Okay. Here's why Which I'm excited is. about <laughs> it. <laughs> and I have a, a granddaughter who's in 6th grade now, will be going into 7th grade this coming year, and uh, therefore will be part of that first group of 7th and ninth graders who are required to have PLPs. What really excites me about the opportunity is that... Um, If this is done well, she will have a chance to understand herself better, what interests her, what she's excited about, what the standards are that we're expecting her to be able to demonstrate acquisition of as she moves through, and she'll be able to, with help, construct um, a plan, a pathway that works for her, takes advantage of her skills and abilities, recognizes her needs, Um, and gets her to graduation in a way that um, continues to be relevant and exciting for her. Because even at sixth grade, I'm already seeing evidence that school has become something that's not particularly interesting anymore. That's a shame, because our, our children start out in this process really excited about it. My granddaughter, for example, still is excited to work with her younger siblings at home playing school because they can do it in a way that's exciting to them I want school to be exciting for every student throughout the k-12 experience and I think this effort to personalize will help us do that
0: but what do you think um, and you've probably done a lot of this connecting with schools what do you think the challenges are that schools are going to face in, in transitioning to this work
1: when a student hits seventh grade That cannot be the first time that they've been asked to engage in this kind of planning process and take some ownership. If it is, then it's not going to work very well. So, at younger ages, we need to be creating opportunities for students to acquire the skills necessary to engage in meaningful planning. I think the same can can be said of parents and educators. They're not necessarily prepared to do this in in a rich way. So that's one of the challenges. Mm -hmm. The other, I think, is uh, learning how to place value on the learning experiences that take place outside of the traditional classroom and course experience. Um, It's happening, learning is going on there, and students are demonstrating knowledge and skill, but we haven't done a very good job of placing value on that against the expectations that we hold students to. Mm -hmm. So that's a big lift, I think.
2: I'd add to that, um, prior to my role here at the agency, I have um, many years of classroom experience, so I add to that from the perspective of a teacher Mm -hmm. and what it would be like to bring this into practice in my classroom, and it really is the shift um, out of my content. I was an English teacher, so the the shift that I see as needing to happen is how colleagues see themselves working and depending on each other's content areas, you know. Um, For instance, the traditional model for midterm and final exams tends to be take a science test, take a math test, go to English, take a social studies. But a PLP offers the opportunity for all that learning um, to come together through a student's interest with the very clearly delineated areas of improvement so that we're making sure it's not just the running with their passion, but the personalization is targeting the academic skill set that that student needs to develop to be successful. And I think that shift of looking at each individual holistically and in what they bring to the table um, requires changes to curriculum planning and communication across dis- disciplines. Which, going back to your earlier question, mm-hmm. is why as a parent, um, or I'm not, a but if I were a parent, why I would be excited because it puts school in a real-world context mm-hmm. of what matters most to my child.
0: What What is the uh, level, the ideal level of parent, parental involvement in the process of a, a PLP?
2: I think it depends. Uh, the role of an advisory in many schools are exploring this, so each school will work the kinks out of that for themselves, but in an advisory model, the parent or guardian or... you know, a mentor that the student has identified would have a very strong voice. And being able to offer the interests and emotional and social needs that you don't always see in the classroom, particularly for kids who appear to be good at school but may not, you know, they're not misbehaved, they're answering questions when asked, they're helpful to the teacher, they may or may not be learning. And the, in a PLP, through an advisory, that's when a parent gets to ch- say, what I'm seeing at home is X, Y, and Z, and we would like to make changes to the PLP based on that.
0: So the, a PLP, for a parent and for educators to know, a PLP can be a fluid component of a, a student's goals and learning.
2: It very much has to be. Yeah. For it to be authentic and implemented in, with integrity, um, that's from an AOE perspective Mm -hmm. as a school effectiveness coordinator what I would be looking for.
1: In the law establishing this and the state board rules, there's a requirement that they be reviewed at least annually. Mm -hmm. If that's the only time we look at a student's PLP once a year, that's not enough. Um, This should be a a continuous planning process. Mm Uh, because we know students' interests and needs are continually evolving, and we need to be responsive to that.
0: I asked Tom and Kendra what they thought would be the most challenging aspects of implementation for schools in Vermont. Tom shared that he thought that there were some schools that were further ahead in the process than others, but that all schools should be considering that transitional point from 6th to 7th grade and what we're doing and talking with those students and preparing.
1: There should be conversations going on now. Um, Students, for example, um, I'll go back to my granddaughter again. Um, Her sixth grade class visited the high school, the 712 high school, um, recently. Um, I don't know the extent to which uh, they talked to those students uh, about PLPs. I, I don't know, they may have, but that would have been a great opportunity to start that conversation from the high school perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's also a conversation that's happening back in the elementary school preparing those students to do that so I, I think the, the big lift for our schools right now at this point in time as we approach the coming school year and this kicking in is uh, we need to be ready for this and this is not something that we can just hand off to um, one or two faculty members. This is most of the schools I think where we're seeing they're further along, they've decided to try to do this through their teacher advisory systems and expanding on those as needed. Mm. Some others are doing it through their counseling office, others, some other model, but um, yeah, it's a big deal.
2: Well, I'd add to that, and it's such a big deal that it's really a matter of mindset, and the challenge starts with. Shifting mindsets that this is what students and families need to feel engaged. And, I mean, as you said, we pride ourselves on personalization. So mm-hmm. there's a feeling of like, well, why do we have to do it? And when I talk to schools and I hear that they tend to have that fixed mindset that we're in this traditional model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and shifting towards a growth mindset where you see that, that student, that individual, as having the potential to inform their PLP and have a voice in their trajectory and that, to me, is the biggest challenge of, of changing perceptions and behaviors around what we think kids can do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You, you asked earlier about the extent to which we think parents should be in part of this process. I My answer to that would be to the greatest extent possible that stu- uh, parents are able and willing to be involved mm-hmm. um, because it's... It's not just uh, about what we can learn from parents in that planning process but also what parents can learn about their, their child's interest and needs and, and how the school is interacting with their children.
0: Now you talked about, a couple of times, about uh, elementary students having some experiences leading up to this so that they're ready. Can you talk a little bit more about that, what, what that would... Well, uh, up through sixth
1: grade, uh, you know, you're not re- required to have POPs for those students. But as I said earlier, it, the, the piece of paper is not the most important thing here. Mm-hmm. It's that planning process and engaging with students. So I, I would argue that there need to be opportunities for those younger students to engage in that kind of process, whether it gets committed to a piece of paper or not mm-hmm. that might follow them on to seventh grade. But um, engaging in planning, which, by the way, um, connects back to the transferable skills Um, that certainly apply to K-6 students also. Mm -hmm. Uh, That ability to take ownership and uh, advocate for oneself and communicate. Those are the kinds of things that students should be doing at that at those younger ages so they're ready to uh, engage meaningfully in the more formal process when they get to seventh grade.
2: Um, One example would be I think the good work that St. Albans City K8 school has done and they recently presented at the PBL series. They've been using Haiku learning and they have planned out a K through 8 um sort of scaffolded mm-hmm. PLP. Now, the law says the PLP comes in 7th grade, but what I really admired about their vision is they have a kindergartner when I grow up I want to be and variations of that question that are developmentally appropriate over time and the vision is for when that student gets to seventh grade in this learning management system he or she will be able to look back and say huh the the example they showed was the kindergartner said when i grow up i want to be a composter and so it'll be interesting because you know by 2020 there'll be a law that we all have to compost and he'll in seventh grade be able to look back and be like hmm Am I working in the composting field or did I shift it to alternative energies? And I think that is really where the fluidity of -hmm. the plan comes into play and where the K5 or the K six system has so much to offer. And it's make you know, one of the challenges making sure that there are the resources and the technologies being used so that this stack a student's learning stacks year to year. Mm -hmm. Or learning progression, because it may not be year to year.
0: So what resources, you would mentioned that schools are at different levels of um, implementation and understanding and comfort, mm-hmm. uh, I know there's resources available through the AOE, um, what resources would you recommend schools start reaching out to if they haven't already? Well they certainly should go to
1: our website. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they search under personalization and personalized learning plans or proficiency-based learning, you'll get to a lot of pages that provide resources around how to do this work well. The other thing I'll mention is the um, proficiency-based learning seminar series that has been going on that's culminating in June. More than half the SUs in the state have sent teams to that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's bigger than just the PLPs, but it's inclusive of that. We hope next year to be able to continue that and provide an opportunity for the SUs that were not part of that first cohort um, to engage. um, One of the intended outcomes has been that uh, the SU teams will develop implementation plans around this transition to personalization and proficiency.
2: And another resource for schools who aren't in the PBL series is their school effectiveness coordinator Mm -hmm. and who is that individual from the AOE that they can ask these questions and envision. I mean the first step is thinking about an SU district-wide continuous improvement plan and then how each school fits into that. Mm -hmm. It's a starting point to plan the professional development that's needed to shift teachers mindsets or research what are the different learning management systems that are best for your district. Things you may already be using. How can we build from that, and that's part of what a School Effectiveness Coordinator can talk about and guide.
0: We want to thank Tom Alderman and Kendra Rickaby for their time and their resources. Please don't hesitate to go to the Vermont Agency of Education website and search PLPs for more information. Now that we have that understanding from the Agency of Education, let's check in with school leaders in MMMUSD. First stop, MMU.
3: I'm Mike Weston, Uh, I work here at MMU, I work in the office, I'm the principal. Uh, personalized learning plans uh, came out of Act 77, um, back I think in 2013, and what they're uh, the way we're viewing them is they are uh, they are used they're used to help students give meaning to their studies, um, and the hope is that by giving meaning to studies, uh, you'll further engagement, you'll further effort, um, you'll help students through some courses that are a little bit more difficult to better prepare them for life after high school. The other piece of PLPs is they help, they help students begin to explore where they're going and what they need to do after they leave high school. Um, and they're a conversation between parents, students, and school.
0: What grades are doing PLPs next year? Seven
3: and nine mm-hmm. are, are required by law to, to do it. Um, I would expect eight and uh, 10, 11, 12 to be dabbling in pilots, mm-hmm. but seven and nine will be doing it full, full
0: on. How have you prepared as a school community?
3: Uh, we started two and a half years ago with some committees, teacher-led committees, um, examining the law, um, examining the requirements, um, looking at how we could best serve our students. So from those committees we came out with some ideas that then we would bounce off students, parents, and teachers, refine them, go back to the committees, design some more, come back and bounce off that same group again. So. Um, that's been the process we've used um,
0: throughout. What are the challenges that you see with implementing PLPs? Um, probably the biggest two
3: are that they're, they're the, the new training for teachers, um, the the new, and, and then the new aspect of them for students and parents. So with teachers, um, you're getting teachers to ask different kind of questions. These aren't content questions. Um, I'm, not, I'm not working with a student on, on their, their work, their typical schoolwork. I'm chatting with them about their careers. I'm working with them on maybe what they think is important in life. Um, getting students and parents to begin to have those discussions at home and with us is also important. Mm-hmm. The hope is that um, we have less students who walk across the stage at graduation and they're not aware and they're not sure what they're going to do. They at least have an idea of what they don't want to do. Right. So, What are you looking forward to with the implementation of PLPs? I'm really excited by the by what they provide students. A lot of them aren't sure where they're going and what they're going to do. This provides um, that data system You know, whenever we're solving problems as adults, we're always looking at data. And that's what this does. Students are taking instruments that give them ideas about uh, their personality, their their career they might be interested in. um, And it allows them to uh, have that data point as they begin to look at what's going to happen when I'm 20, 25. You know, where am I going to go? What do I need? Um, So it kind of makes those last few bites at education, the last few bites of free education, anyways. more valuable more, more more directed the other piece is these aren't um we're trying not to view these as a graduation requirement we're viewing these as something that furthers what we already do
0: from the high school we head off to our middle schools camels hump middle school and browns river middle school where we talk to mark carbone
4: and kevin hamilton my name is mark carbone i'm the principal at Sump middle school plp is per- personal learning plans. They are the ability for young people to begin to explore personal learning uh, strengths and weaknesses and long-term academic goals. At Camelsump, grades five through eight will be doing PLPs.
0: How have you prepared as a school community? Uh,
4: We've been meeting uh, three or four times this year. Teachers have, have met and we've talked about them. I, we have a working committee uh, organizing uh, and we've been working with the high school on the implementation of the high school pr- uh, structure here in the middle schools.
0: I asked Mark to share what he was most excited about with the implementation of PLPs.
4: Exactly what our biggest challenges: uh, having young people look at themselves, look at where they're headed, looking, looking at what they need to become um, more engaged uh, learners and citizens, and um, looking at uh, long-term outcomes for them academically and educationally. Uh, that uh, I think that is really exciting. Hi, uh, my name is Kevin Hamilton. I'm the principal
5: at Browns River Middle School.
0: What do you think are going to be the, the most um, challenging aspects of implementing PLPs?
5: Um, I just think the general newness of it and the understanding of it and getting everybody to understand exactly what they are is going to be the biggest challenges of it. Um, just uh, understanding what they are, what the purpose is, um, and that it's a, an idea of just helping students have direction, to give them some direction of where they're going.
0: What are you most excited about with a PLP work?
5: I'm excited that students are gonna start thinking about it at a young age. Uh, you know, I have conversations with students about what they wanna do and inevitably the question is in seventh and eighth grade is I don't know, which is a, a pretty uh, developmentally appropriate question or an answer to that question. Um, but I think it's good for them to start thinking about it um, and thinking about what do I wanna do as an adult? What do I wanna do after high school? Um, mm-hmm. What are their strengths? Um, as learners, and if there's something they really want to do, what are the things that they need to do to get to to get achieve that goal? Excellent.
0: And what do you anticipate parents and community members will ask about with PLPs? What do you think they'll the wonder about
5: these? Um, I think though, I guess it'll depend. We have a wide range. Um, I think that uh, the, the majority of them is how is it gonna help their student? How is it gonna help them to get focused on what they wanna do? And I think the other question will be is when, it, when is the time gonna be to, to be able to do these? Um, I think we, you know there's always the time crunch um, of getting everything in and, and the importance of it and, and seeing the meaningfulness of it uh, is gonna be important uh, part of the uh, getting the information out to parents.
0: We'll be revisiting the work MMMUSD schools are doing with personalized learning plans as the year progresses. For today, we thank you for listening.